Well, hi, Gary. Welcome to KVMR. Fed leadership was in the news again this week. Last week, it was former Fed Chair Janet Yellen being nominated to be U.S. Treasury Secretary. This week, it was a very close vote for a new Federal Reserve Board member, Christopher Waller. He's currently at the St. Louis Fed. Uh, tell us about this. Hi, Paul. Um, thanks to have be back and uh, good to be on KVMR. Yes, the president was able to get one of his two Fed nominees from last year confirmed by the Senate. Christopher Waller, who is the economic research director at the Federal Reserve Bank in St. Louis. And you know, in that position, Waller was the chief economic advisor to the president of the St. Louis Fed, the policymaker. And um, you know, Waller was head of the economic research department. So it's an important position and a job that's given him lots of experience in analyzing economic conditions and making monetary policy decisions. Well, well, Gary, uh, Fed leadership has been in the news in the last month as well with uh, Federal Reserve Chair uh, Jay Powell supporting Congress taking steps to address the end of many of the COVID release programs that have been helping the economy recover from the 2020 impacts of COVID-19. Uh, tell us about this. Well, Paul, the uh, Fed Chair Powell has made it clear that the Fed believes that additional COVID relief is necessary. You know, as, as much of the relief package that was authorized in the spring of 2020 expires at the end of this year in the next few weeks. Of course, Powell's not alone. Janet Yellen, the new administration's choice for Treasury Secretary, also is a strong supporter of another or second COVID relief package now that, um, that will support workers, businesses, and, and the overall economy. Well, Gary, what are some of the programs included in the first COVID relief package? That was spring of 2020. And how are they similar to programs that are being discussed now, as many of the support programs, I believe, are just about to expire? Yes, Paul, a bunch of them, several of the important ones will expire within the next couple of weeks. So, Yes, the programs are similar. The amounts are quite different. The current discussions focus on around $900 billion in support. That's far below the spring 2020 amount of $2.2 trillion in COVID relief. Um, you know, both are designated or designed to provide critical support for the economy, keep spending going to support businesses and workers. You know, and that's especially important right now as the pandemic surges and as expected to cause you know more economic disruptions you know failure to provide that you know support you know adds some serious financial risks um that uh, we'll have to look at and you know as we look at those these um issues you know the the early 2020 COVID relief programs have been a big part of the recovery so far. And as we expect those programs to end, it will call, cause business bankruptcies, it will call, cause evictions, mortgage defaults, business failures, loan problems, you know, lots of economic troubles that will spread, not uh, just in the sectors where they are, but to other sectors of the economy including you know, housing, I think was in the headlines today. Um, this is another area that could be affected. And so there, and we already know that the economic recovery is slowing. And so, you know, these, that just compounds the, the issues. We've had uh, discussions and debate about the second COVID relief package to replace the first CARES relief package uh, for a while. Uh, relief programs are set to expire in the next few weeks. Uh, 
Are they running out of time to take action? That appears to be the case. So they basically are running out of time. Uh, Congress and the administration need to uh, come up with something now. Uh, so it's important that um, the CARES program part two or uh, other efforts um, are that are going to counteract the serious negative impacts of COVID uh, need to be taking place, you know, basically right now to help the national economy. And as you pointed out, you know, many of the important programs are expiring at the end of December. And if that happens without them being replaced, that puts an addition, much larger additional strain on the economy. And, you know, at the same time that the economy is, you know, fighting an even larger surge than the one we saw earlier in the year. One program that has already expired, that was the $600 weekly unemployment insurance payment. Uh, That expired in July. Um, That meant that many uh, of the additional 10 plus million unemployed workers have lost a significant source of income. And that, you know, means much less support for consumer spending in the overall economy. You know, um, one of the versions being discussed now would provide a smaller weekly amount of, of support in this area. Um, but, you know, we have to also have to consider that millions of families are behind on their rent and mortgages and car payments and you know, may not be able to eat or buy clothes or you know, lots lots of other things. Um, another program that is expiring at the end of the month, um, pandemic program, provides unemployment insurance payments to over 7 million freelance and gig workers. And, um, you know, so that's a huge number of workers who would lose um, that um, support. Um, and this is, you know, through no fault of their own that they're unemployed. It's you know, pandemic related. Um, there's another program that's expiring the pandemic emergency unemployment insurance. And this is a program that provided extended unemployment insurance benefits in an additional 13 weeks um, beyond the usual 26 weeks that um, unemployed workers get from state programs. Um, and that, you know, again, would also go away. So, you know, that would impact over 4 million workers. So just these two programs alone, we're talking about, you know, 11 million workers who would you know, be losing their um, <laughs> perhaps only source of income. And, you know, we'll consider the economic situation today. We still have over 10 million lost payroll jobs. Um, we have a huge number of, um, you know, maybe t- close to 20 million people who are collecting some form of unemployment insurance, maybe 5 million who dropped out of the labor force completely. Um, new weekly unemployment insurance claims remain very high, over 700 million in the last week, far above you know, pre-pandemic record levels. The unemployment rate, um, you know, people who've been unemployed for 27 weeks or more, long-term unemployed, that's almost 37% of the unemployed. That's huge. Um, the unemployment rate is down to 6.7%, but that's still nearly double the pre-pandemic rate. Um, we've got about 4 million workers who've permanently lost their jobs. Um, and then, you know, the number of new jobs that were added last month, you know, at, was under 250,000. So that's, you know, the lowest in, in, during the recovery. So again, just all those signs are pointing towards slowing. Okay, Gary. Now, what is likely to happen if these programs expire and a new uh, relief package is not adopted? Beyond the millions of workers and businesses that are directly affected, how might failure by the federal government to provide this relief now damage the overall economy? Or will it actually do that? 
Oh, yes, Paul, damage it will. Um, failure to continue to support the unemployed, that's just, you know, again, we've talked about that. That's, you know, 10 or 11 million workers, um, you know, over 22 million workers had lost their job in the spring, and about only about half of those have added back. So millions of workers can't spend what they don't have, and millions are already behind on rent and mortgages. A month or two without COVID relief support, without income um, or jobs, you know, <laughs> hurts everyone you know they're evicted they lose their jobs um, we're, we're just looking at you know, major disasters here you know families going from behind in payments to evictions is a very severe serious step uh, businesses that are struggling will go <laughs> into failure you know and that'll push up the unemployment rate banks and lenders will be affected um, credit quality deteriorates the housing market will be affected you know, you know we essentially we're looking at creating a major downward spiral in the economy. The fall in government support reduces you know, consumer spending, and the reduced consumer spending in the economy lowers you know, business sales and business slows down. That leads to more layoffs and job losses, more reductions in consumer spending, followed falling sales, more layoffs. You just basically get this downward economic spiral into a serious recession, and that's not where we want to be going. Um, no, we don't want to go there. But okay, here's my final question, Gary, for today. Uh, we do have um, a new administration coming in, and it's, it sounds like you think the economy needs this round of COVID relief right now. Would it be possible to wait on the new administration for what possibly may be a better, um, a better program? But what's your view on that? Uh, no, the economy won't wait. Uh, now is the time. These workers and families and businesses, including many in California, many in Nevada County or Foothills, are, are already economically stressed. Um, nationally, you know, a month or two without support likely would push millions over the cliff uh, to evictions, more job losses. Um, and that just makes it much, much harder to turn the economy around when people have lost their jobs, lost their homes. Um, so, you know, calls for spending to support you know consumer spending and, and now is the time to fight the COVID-19 you know, much like it was important to do that early in the year um, you know and you can do it with unemployment insurance extensions that that helps and so it's important to renew those programs uh, maybe checks to families like the $1,200 checks that earlier in the year help prop up spending and keep businesses open and workers working you know there are some current discussions that you know talk about a perhaps a $600 check in that in that range you know support for businesses small businesses in general and, and industries that are especially hard hit you know again you don't want more of them to, to fail than already have um, you know and then you also have you know there's some contentious issues one of them being state and local governments they've been hard hit by COVID they have huge reductions in tax revenues because of COVID and the slowing economy at the same time they've gotten much bigger demands for safety net spending because of COVID and, and the weaker economy. Um, you know, so without support there, we'd expect also to see a large round of state and local, and even larger than the 1.4 million in state and local workers who've already been laid off. So all of those things just, you know, make it really imperative that the action is taken now. Um, you need to do it. You need to do this now before these programs expire. It would be a couple of months, likely, without support. Um, you know, for millions of workers, huge share of the labor force. Um, it's just a, it's a train wreck if if it's not done and not done now. 
It's kind of like stopping the bleeding, but not necessarily a cure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Gary. Greatly appreciate it. Okay. Take care. Thank you, Paul. Gary Zimmerman is a retired senior economist for the Federal Reserve in San Francisco and currently is a visiting professor at the Vienna University of Economics and Business in Austria, where he teaches courses in economics and finance. 